the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. A look at the life of Noah and the favor that he found in God's eyes and a challenge for you and I today, next on Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastan. use terms like, well, if God doesn't judge California, he'll have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah, or maybe it's not as bad as it was in Noah's day. The fact is, it's always bad. Sin has ruined this world. It has plunged not only humanity, but all of creation into ruin and bondage. And it is God's grace that comes to us in the midst of it all with his gospel. That's what we're taking note of here in Genesis chapter 6 as we continue our series, Arise, Move, and Go, in times like these. Here's Pastor Jesse Gastan from Grace Bible Church in Hayward with today's Way of Grace. The revelation of God has always been on the planet, and power will always take the wisest men. Now today, human wisdom is operating out of a sense of secular scientific prowess, power through secular science. More than a couple of hundred years ago, it used to be a conflation of science and theology. Did you know that? Right. So I'll just leave you with that. Your Bible will teach you that the power structures will always hire and pay wicked men like Judas Iscariot to be part of the betrayal system of the elite and the aristocracy. So when you read here giants in the earth, when you read here renowned men, These are men who have been wise and understood how sociology works. They've been men who have been wise to understand the fears and the limitations and the traditions and the perspectives of people on a societal level because you can only control people when you know them. So then the text goes on to explain to us over in verse um, Verse five, and God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thought of his heart was only evil continually. Isn't that an amazing assessment? Now, this is a bird's eye view. Let me take you back to the horizontal for a moment to help you. The horizontal looks like this. It looks like people working, engaging in commerce, paying their bills, albeit with some tribulation. It looks like people marrying and giving in marriage, doing life as normal. That's what it looks like on a horizontal level. Y'all keeping up with me? It looks that way with a small measure of instability around a little crime here and a little crime there. This is what I call the maladjusted behavior of the ghetto. When you live in the hood, as I did from day one, things are normal for us around crime. And sleeping with several women and several men and having babies out of wedlock. 
and going to church and coming right out the church slinging dope and killing each other. That was the norm. That's what you're dealing with right here. That's what you're dealing with. So don't create a dichotomy in this and think that what you're looking at Genesis 6 has never, ever occurred before. No, this is the world we live in. And some of us, any, it doesn't matter your ethnicity. If you grew up poor, you know what I'm talking about. You and I would be jaded when we would see somebody getting robbed. We just keep going. We see somebody get stabbed. We just keep going. We see somebody get killed. We keep going. Because that's called being maladjusted to evil. Does that make some sense, child of God? It's called being in the fog of war. Now, God sees it for what it is. He sees the groups. He sees the gangs. He sees the legislators. He sees the rulers. He sees the assembly. He sees the council. He sees the hierarchy of authorities in the physical dimension. And they're all thugging. They're all hoodlums. They're all criminals and they want the rest of the common folks on the ground to stay criminal in their behavior because when you overcome criminality, then you get to walk in your autonomy and you get to discover that God blesses obedience, parameters, boundaries, and things like that. Am I making some sense? The ways of a transgressor are hard. I grew up in that and it didn't mean a thing to me. It made me tough. Got educated, played ball, achieved several kinds of goals, simultaneously slanging dope and harming other people. Did you hear what I just stated? Until God shut me down in his mercy. But the hood is like that. And when you got a whole society living like that, and that's what we're looking at in terms of the aggregate whole of our world and the unhinged, that's my next point, unhinged violence of our governance, the world is turning into the ghetto. That's where you are. That's where you are. And you got to know how to actually navigate the hood. That's why for some of us it's just fine. Oh, yeah, I'm used to this. And I can do God in it because I've been doing God in it for 40 years. This is what I love about the Holocaust survivor presentations I'm giving with you. Them them brothers are some good thugs. The Bell brothers were some thugs. They knew how to do it. They knew how to arm up and deal with the enemy and help people escape because they understood to actually submit to ungodly governance is to put yourself in limitations where you are forced to be immoral. All right? Am I making some sense? Little brothers went out into the woods and said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to engage in some guerrilla warfare. (laughs) And they would go in at night and sneak people out. Say, we got pathways and routes to help you escape what is here and what's coming. Well, what about if they come after us? Let them come up in here. We know these woods well. Let them come up in here. And the SS would never come up into the woods. People survived all the way through because there were soldiers who knew how to navigate the fog of war. Am I making some sense? I could tell you a ton of stories. And that's what we are in our culture today. We need wise men and women, wise as serpents and gentle as doves. That's what Jesus said. I'm putting you in the midst of wolves. Don't you think this world loves me or you? 
Now, if you're a sheep in the midst of wolves, don't you have to be alert? Don't you have to be obedient to your shepherd to lead you and navigate you through this crazy system so that you're not a victim of consequences? It's what we're dealing with in our text. Now, let me take you back briefly to subpoint B, show you something here before we move on. This is called the disregard for conviction. The Lord sees them doing nothing but evil, scheming evil, harming men and women. He'll tell Noah that in a moment. But here's what verse three says. And the Lord said, my spirit shall not always strive with man. Do you see it? Now, here's an insight into your God. Are you ready? Your God is committed to letting you know what's right and wrong. Now, I've told you when you read your Bible carefully, You can't read your Bible and not know a God who is vitally committed to being in the midst of your mess, to tell you about your mess and give you a remedy to your mess. You cannot read your Bible and think that God is a God afar off and he doesn't care. He's indifferent and we don't know where he is. Your Bible tells you and I that God immediately pursued Adam and Eve when they failed. That means he's interested. The Bible tells us he immediately addressed Cain even before Cain did it, caught it on his face. That's called caring. And so when the text tells us that God strives with us, you know what that indicates? We largely wrestle against God. So I just want you to know that the spirit of God is everywhere present because he's omnipresent and he works at the level of uh, conscientiously opening you and I up to the moral implications of our choices. He, he makes us aware that the way we are thinking is problematic, doesn't he? He helps us to deal with the struggle within of violating boundaries. That's Romans 2, 14 and 15. The law is written in your heart. You and I generally as a, a human race across the world, we know that it's not right to murder, to steal, to defraud, to harm people. We, we know that we're created in the Imago Dei. But the conscious having those larger building blocks of moral parameters need the added assistance of the spirit of God pressing down on you to make you aware that your actions and your thinking is not good. This is the crisis of conscience. Am I making some, raise your hand if I'm making some sense because I'm gonna stop right here if y'all not getting it. It's called the crisis of conscience. You see a child will start to develop that at about three or four years old. The first couple, two or three years, the child's conscience is really committed to the ego of self. And the child is simply driven by making sure he uses everything around him. She uses everything around them to get their needs met. You got grownups like that. This is what we call narcissism. Very narrow in their social correspondence. Very narrow in their capacity to understand that there are people in my life to whom I have to engage in an appropriate way in order to get what I want. And that those people have the responsibility of not giving me everything that I want. And it's going to train my conscience to know socially what's good and what's bad. Does that make sense? And so what we have going on in our text is God giving you insight into the fact that though he's everywhere present and that he sits in the heavens, his spirit penetrates into all of our heart to give us a witness of what's right and wrong. But he also does it another way. I'm getting ready to drive this home. 
He also does it not only by the intrinsic gift of a conscious, if it's not super distorted or what we call hardened, because your conscious can harden, as you know. And lots of people's conscience hardened after so long of getting a witness internally in the crisis that they're going through, that they override their conscience and then they continue doing what they do. This is called addictive behavior. Did that make some sense? Right. And so even though you know what's right, you don't care. Now, once that's happening, you're in bad shape. You have now become maladjusted. You are now a candidate to be one of the criminals in the hood. Did that make some sense? Right. So the next thing that God has to do to all of us is bring an external witness. And this is more fundamentally what God means by striving with us. God has always had prophets in the land to tell you what's right. Always had prophets. The prophet that preceded Noah, because Noah is the prophet of this time, is Enoch. The prophet that preceded Enoch would have been Abel. And you see what they did. Why? Because Abel is reminding everybody that you and I are sinners. We need a substitute. That substitute is given to us in the form of a lamb that's slain without the shedding of blood. There is no remission of sin. Abel is a preacher of the gospel. Hebrews 11 told us. So godly men and women are serving as God's external witness bearer to society of what's right. Did that make some sense? Remember what God said to Cain, Cain, where is your brother Abel? He said, am I my brother's keeper? And God meant for him to to know, yes, you are. Yes, you are. So here comes the battle because when some of us submit to God's law and we operate out of parameters and boundaries, and then we actually submit ourselves to do what God tells us to do, tell your brother he's wrong. Tell your sister she's wrong. Tell your family they're wrong. Now you become a prophet. And now in representing God, you are in trouble, are you not? But, but I'm trying to, you know, really it's not funny. Because this is also pathological throughout history that when you commit to being a godly, humble, but consistent prophet for God, you're going to suffer persecution from your own family. This is what Jesus taught you. You follow me, your parents are not going to like you. Your children are not going to like you. Your husband's not going to like you. Your wife is not going to like you. You follow me, just be ready for everybody. This gets into a further point. But in our text... The idea is, God says, my spirit will no longer bear record internally or by sending prophets. That's why the last prophet in this generation is Noah. Did y'all hear what I just said? Which actually gives us some really interesting insights into this enterprise that we're about to get into for the next two weeks. The building of the ark. Because the building of the ark is going to be a witness. God's getting ready to get in everybody's business by a project that he's about to start. But you and I have to really work through that project. We have to really think through the application of that project. So having said that, let me go to my last sub point, because it's very clear in the Bible that God has used the word of God. He's used prophets. He's used godly men and women to tell people what's right. And they have frequently disregarded the witness. Right. Sub point C, the violence of the unhinged. So again, we've just looked at verse five. Look, we'll be over at verse 11 and then verse 12 and 13. Are you there? The earth also was corrupt before God and the earth was filled with violence. Do you see it? 
Penetrate into that. Penetrate, 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 penetrate into that. Think deeply, penetrate, penetrate into that. Think deeply, penetrate into that. Use a corollary. Understand, understand the tension here. Just a little while earlier, God created the heavens and the earth and God said it was good. And now mankind has actually corrupted the earth. Penetrate into that deeply. God wants you to understand that we are accountable as stewards to his creation, how we deal with it. Did you hear what I just stated? I'm not going to stay here long. Penetrate into that and understand when we destroy the earth, when we break it up, when we corrupt it the way we do, when we distort it, when we extract from it its natural resources, when we make weapons of war out of that, when we make drugs out of that, when we engage in behavior that does not support our calling as godly people, but enrich the wealthy, as you saw in the Psalms, the wealthy get rich, their eyes bulge out. They are so voluptuous. They have more than harsh desire. It came at the plunder of the earth and human beings. Did that make sense? If you know anything about the Industrial Revolution and moving up to where we are, the fight and battle to create equality in the workplace is a new thing. And it does not exist everywhere in the world. This is not a ubiquitous system that we have in America. This is one of the reasons we say to Americans, hey, listen, you, you better take a flight to a third world country for a week and then come back and kiss the ground you, you live on. Y'all keeping up with me? Kiss the ground you live on. Because the one thing that you and I still have as a commodity that will help us if we use it right is freedom. You do have it. It's, it's narrowing down. It's narrowing down, but you still have it. And it's the only certain gift that can keep you from being captivated by the enemy. That's why the son of the living God came to set the captives free, not to make you rich, set you free. Because see, if you're free, you can prosper. Am I making some sense? I don't need you to give me a dime. Just get out of my way. Get out of my way. Leave me alone. I know how to work. I've been working since five years old. Let me get some rest, eat some beans and cornbread, and I'll work out my own economic salvation with fear and trembling. And I promise you I won't plunder the earth. I promise you I'll give people who are in need because I don't mind sharing because I know how to live on a little bit. Like Paul said, I have learned to be content in whatsoever state I am. I know how to abase. I know how to abound because my real satisfaction is God and Christ and the Holy Ghost. I don't need a lot. I don't need a lot, but I do need my freedom and I'm going to fight you for it. Because I came up in the hood. I came up in the hood. And I know what they'll do to you. They're just like the government. They'll get in your head. The hood will get in your head. Day one, they tried to get in my head. And then you have a choice of capitulating and becoming weak and therefore being a victim. Or... You can say, okay, let me back on up because two of them came at me first day in the hood and they did some wicked and perverse things. And I said, oh, is this how they roll? Wow. My mama didn't even know it. She just dragged us there because we were running from a criminal dad. 
That's a that's a that's a tell of two stories. And you're running from your daddy and you run into the mouth of the dragon. And I said, OK, either I'm going to be either I'm going to learn how to be a, a fighter or I'm going to be a victim of this shameful behavior that's going on. And the latter, the, the former is what I was. I immediately learned how to fight. But I was fighting for survival. And that's what you have to do, child of God. You've got to fight for survival. You've got to fight for survival. I'm sorry. If you don't fight, you will be taken captive. You will be taken captive. And I've already told you, if you're in Christ and you fight, you win simply because you are in Christ. You win. You don't win if you're not in Christ. I don't care what your strategies are. You need God. You need a bird's eye view. You need a mediator. You need God. You will not win without God. The system is rigged today. I'm not there. We'll deal with that when we get into the actual flood and, and what God uses as a solution. Why all kind of other worldly strategies will not work. But the plan that God has set up, that's the only plan that's going to work. The violence of the unhinged. This bird's eye view that gives us that God gives us is about the moral and spiritual and ethical uh, atrocities that are being committed here. This is not dealing with any kind of political entities. You notice that this is why I warn you about being over political. This is not dealing with identity politics. This is not dealing with any of the false dichotomies, the false what we call dialecticals in politics. This is what got so many people distracted today. People are caught up in this versus that, that versus this. That is a political triage that's designed to distract you from the real thing. Am I making sense? It's true. It's true. So some of my brother and boy, they get super impulsive about the next election. Vote. But please understand this. If Jesus is not the one you're voting for, be ready to have lost that vote. It's so important to understand. I've been voting for Jesus for the last 40 years. And I've been winning the election every year. Now I'm voting for him, but he ain't running for politician. He's the king of kings and lord of lords, and he rules anyway. But I vote for him anyway. I'll go in and sign, I'm voting for Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus of, they think I'm crazy. Jesus of Nazareth. I do vote. I do vote. I told you, you go to a third world country and, and, and you, you, the banana republics are a mess. You don't even want to go to the, I do vote. Jesus of Nazareth. And I know he'll do a good job. And he is doing a good job. So I'm helping you understand what's going on in our text. Let me, let me keep moving. The violence of the unhinged. This is what we mean. We are dealing with very dark times. Jeremiah 17, 9 gives us the assessment of man. And if you don't agree with God, you're going to have your heart broken every time. The heart, listen to what he says, is deceitful. The term there is so complex that you can't actually read it properly. The heart is deceitful. It amazes me that human beings are under the Darwinian, Marxian delusion that man is basically good. I hear that from Christians. Man is not basically good. You're restrained from as much evil as you could do, Part of that is psychological ambivalence. But by nature, you would do evil given the circumstances. This is what we learn with our brethren in the Holocaust. This is what we learn when we were dealing with Uganda. We learn this. 
Rwanda, I'm sorry. We learned this. We learned how people will turn on each other. And they're actually blood brothers and sisters. Don't tell me the heart's not wicked. Put enough pressure on the heart like the devil said to God about Job. Touch his flesh and he'll curse you to your face. The only reason you would not do it is if God keeps you. Am I making some sense? The only reason you wouldn't turn and stab your brother in the back is if God keeps you is if you're used to confessing that you are a sinner and that you're broken by nature and that apart from the grace of God, there go I. If you're not talking like that, you're already trapped by the devil because he's got you deceived thinking you're good. Well, you have been listening to Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastand from Grace Bible Church here in Hayward. If you have questions or comments about the program, maybe you would like to learn more about us here at Grace Bible Church in Hayward. Reach out to us by simply calling 510-886-9782, or you can visit our website, grace-bible.com. That's grace-bible.com. Sunday services here at the church are 1030 in the morning. Friday evening is our Friday evening Bible study at 630. And man, we've got friends of the ministry from all over the Bay Area who join us for this Friday night Bible study. It is an amazing time of God's Word and sweet fellowship in Christ. 6.30 in the evening, Tuesdays, our prayer time and a short Bible study as well. These meetings, again, the directions and information of which you can find at our website, grace-bible.com, or by calling 510-886-9782. This program continues to air here on this radio station and on the World Wide Web because you partner with us financially and prayerfully. Thank you for your support. No gift is too small. No gift is too large. And you can either give on a monthly basis or it's a one-time gift. It is all tax deductible. And again, the biggest part of your partnership with us is that we get to continue ministering the gospel of grace here in the Bay Area and all over the world. Consider that as you contact us and join us again next time for another broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastan. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.